I summon the public beta podcast. This duel is over, Yugi. Kiss of weather, man. It's summer. Thanks for signing up for the public beta podcast. Your host is myself, Lee and Reed. Hi, hello. You've got the golf bug. Yes, yes, I went to yesterday. I am going in about four hours, three hours from now. Then uh, I'm they, going... They got the, uh, the rain hit early. It was supposed to rain like around lunchtime today, but it uh, rained all this morning before I was ready for it. So you're clear sailing. Yeah. Uh, and, enjoy your, your golf. And then I'm also golfing tomorrow morning for Father's Day. That'll be interesting. Sure. I'm, I'm going out to Roland for 7.30, so it's a really early tea time. Uh, and it's really far. Yeah. It's really far away, but that's on purpose because it's going to be like fucking thirty-seven degrees tomorrow or some ridiculous. Yes, some ridiculous. You would perish if you went any later in the day. Yeah. So, uh, so do you get better? Like as the season goes on, like do you find yourself getting better at golf? Well, yes. Like the more you play, the more you practice. It, golf's definitely one of sure. those games where you have to practice and play a lot if you want to get better. And even then, like, you'll only notice yourself, like, you know, shaping enough two strokes a game every once in a while. But eventually you'll see yeah. that build up. So, like, now I can somewhat consistently break 100. And what that means is I'm finishing all 18 holes under 100, like, hits, essentially. Um, and that's considered, right. like... But isn't that hmm? determined on the par of the entire course? Right. Like, yes. Yes and no. Like, you could also say that I'm, like, you know, 23 three over par now instead of getting like 30 over par which essentially is the same sure. thing but yeah it's gonna be hot as fuck tomorrow like really fucking hot yeah um yeah so, yeah. so may 38 only, degrees which is uh 100 fahrenheit yeah for our american listeners might only play like nine holes instead of 18 tomorrow just because i feel like walking or riding and playing 18 in that kind of heat would just fucking kill you but yeah excited for that shit today i've been playing more golf than i have video games lately which is super weird that's why we're changing this to a golf podcast. Fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, it is very early on a Saturday. It's before 8 a.m. I would call that early on a Saturday. Just barely. Uh, we have a ton, a metric ton of video game news to get to. Uh, since we last recorded, Xbox did their little soiree. Uh, Capcom held an event. Final Fantasy VII held an event. <laughs> um, so we're going to get to all that. Uh, but first, as we always like to do, uh, let's talk about Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, new season of Iron Chef It's back, baby uh, There's also a new season of Floor is Lava uh, I'm consuming both of these things And they've been a major part of my week Reed, what are your thoughts on Floor is Lava? Uh, good show It's it's not quite the MXC levels of uh, Dopamine hit But it's up there It's uh, way, no. it's way yeah. better than like Wipeout Like way better It's, it's because there's a little bit more like uh, It's more methodical it's more like you still get that MXC wipeout at the end, but unlike wipeout, it's a little more slow and trotting, and you know the end can come at any time. Yeah, and, and I, it often does. Yeah, and yeah. I it has that general like Netflix like like they're in game they're in show kind of like like you know they have like their cooking shows and their game shows and shit like that. They always sure. make them have <laughs> like a little bit of that like YouTube meme editing to them every once in a while. Uh, it's a little bit more laid back in that sense. It's a little less corporate. Yes. If that, if yes. That, yeah. 
So in that sense, I like it more than Wipeout too. Uh, so yeah, in- enjoying that shit, making my way through it. Hiring young, cheap whippersnappers to do the job instead of the uh, people who've been working at a TV station for how many years editing that kind of stuff. It, it there's a departure, definitely not not necessarily a cheapness, but more of a relevant uh, kind of camera direction to this. And I think that kind of extends to Iron Chef as well. Uh, there's definitely a more like Iron Chef's intense. What you're watching is intense, but the actual presentation of it. Uh, on the Netflix version, is very laid back, uh, more so. Uh, So I told you recently about the, of course, you can go watch the original Japanese Iron Chef on YouTube. They have full episodes there. Uh, And that one's way more high-strung. That one, like, the the, the, uh, hosts, the people who are, like, kind of narrating the the Iron Chef JRs, if you will, uh, they're much more involved in, like, what the chefs are doing each step of the way. What are are you using? What What are you doing now? Uh, and Alton Brown kind of kind of really dials that back in the new Iron Chef. Good times. The chairman is having the time of his life in that new Iron Chef. Yeah, he you is can just, tell. He's hamming it up. Uh, yes. So check those out. Uh, Stranger Things, you haven't finished yet? No, no. One episode left. Please. Please read. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's hard. They're long episodes. Barreling towards July 1st uh, for the conclusion. But enough about that. Let's talk about video games. Uh, Reed, before this podcast started, you could not help yourself but talk about Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're back. You're back hard into Pokemon. Uh, there's a Sword and Shield event coming up soon. You can get a shiny Clefairy if that floats your boat. Oh my god! Uh, I already have a finished Clefable, so I'll just throw that in the spare shiny pile. Absolutely, in the shiny box, yeah. as it were. Uh, yeah. So Pokemon. Uh, I've I've kind of slowly fallen off of it here as I've ramped up my intake of Yakuza 4, uh, which I believe I'm on chapter 4 or 5. I'm still playing as Akiyama, the uh, lone shark in that game. Uh, he He's like an angel investor. <laughs> he uh, basically in the, in the uh, parlance of Yakuza, there was an explosion at the Millennium Tower and a bunch of money rained down uh, during uh, a vault full of money blew up. Basically, he was homeless at the time. Uh, he was the kind of ousted from the company he worked at. He took the money he found on the very ground and uh, invested it uh, and day traded it until he amassed a uh, unbelievable fortune that I have, actually haven't learned how how much yen this dude is actually sitting on. Uh, but he he offers zero interest loans to those down on their luck in uh, Komarocho. I may have covered this on a very distant past episode, but now that I'm back in the game. Uh, he, he's a great character. I haven't run into Kiryu and stuff yet. The Yakuza plot and, uh, how this ties into the greater Yakuza is now kind of becoming apparent. Uh, it's kind of like Mandalorian in that way where it starts up and you're just like, uh, the events of the previous games have happened, uh, but they have very little bearing on this character and how he goes about his day and what he's doing, except now he's slowly being roped into that Skywalker saga, uh, of the, the power struggle of the Yakuza and stuff like that. Great game plays a lot better than Yakuza 3 in terms of the battle system. Uh, of course, this was originally still a PS3 game, uh, but the uh, the mini games and stuff are great. Unfortunately, it has the same build-a-hostess uh, mode from Yakuza 3 that wasn't very good. It's kind of ham-fisted, not a lot of fun to play. That's a bummer, but the side quests and everything are really solid, uh, and it's a, Yakuza games are good. What can I say? What can I say, Reed? Been been sleeping on that series for too damn long, so I'm five games in. I'm having the time of my life. Tell me about your Pokemon. Show them uh, to me. There's nothing too exciting going on for that. Honestly, it's pretty much the same update I believe I gave last week uh, when we did our podcast. 
But yeah, I'm getting back into competitive playing Podcast? showdown, <laughs> playing some doubles. Uh, right now, there's an event going on where a lot of Urshifus Ur- uh, are in the max raid. You can't yeah. catch them, but they do drop double the uh, the rewards from the best raids in the game. So why can't you catch them? Uh, I don't know. They're just like because it's a legendary Pokemon, so like they don't want people to have like sixty or yeah. Urshifus. No one ever catches legendary Pokemon. I have every single one of them. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> anyway. I caught, I caught them all. <laughs> anyway, so I have a ton of XP candies that I'm going to use to finish every single legendary in the game. And then I'll be the best. I'll still probably lose a lot in doubles. But it'll totally be worth it. And besides Absolutely. that, uh, playing Resident Evil 2, I still have to try out that new uh, ray tracing patch they dropped for it out of fucking nowhere. Yeah, so I had that in the news. They uh, they did a next-gen free uh, update from the uh, PS4 and Xbox One, and even PC gets in on the fun, uh, to a ne- like a next-gen version with ray tracing and a-, and a bunch of other bells and whistles. Apparently, you cannot go back if you upgrade the PC version. You you actually no, cannot No, I think they added, it, they added in an option to revert if you want. Yeah, that's why I thought you were playing Resident Evil 2. I was like, oh, I guess you grabbed the update, and he's... Uh, no, no, because I was playing it. No, was, no, in fact not. Yeah, I haven't yeah. played it. I played it last weekend before the patch dropped. But I'm not even going to use the ray tracing because apparently it just fucking tanks your frame rate. Uh, but it looks so cool. But it looks so Look cool. But I, like, especially because I'm streaming or recording it, uh, I already ha- yeah. I already have to turn off like HDR and shit like that. So, damn, yeah. just looking at your games through like a v- filter of mud, you know, wow. that's even the point. You can't look good. Uh, that's why you got to play games like Tur- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Shredder's Revenge. Uh, a game that dropped this week, and all the boomers are loving it. Uh, if you are a 30 to 40 year old, uh, this is a children's cartoon game just for you. Uh, they took some of the voice actors, they made a whole OST for this that fucking slaps, uh, and Dot Emu and Tribute and all those folks uh, have made a send up of the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles of Beat-Em-Up from back in the day, be it the second game, which was an arcade game, or Hyperstone Heist, or Turtles in Time, if any of these titles are ringing a bell, this is right there with them. Uh, the, it, it plays great. Uh, beat it yesterday, beat the story mode on uh, chill difficulty with my wife. Uh, we changed characters halfway through. <laughs> That's uh, a weird way to say, and my wife. <laughs> uh, and my wife. Uh, so this game is uh, playable via yourself or up to six players at once. Uh, so they give you the four turtles. Let's run them down. Squiggy, Ben, no, uh, Leonardo, of course, <laughs> Raphael, Michelangelo, Donatello. They're all in there. They got Crackle, their weapons. They slightly... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Tony the Tiger. They're all there. Uh, so you get them. Then you also get April O'Neil and Splinter. Uh, that rounds out the six players. Uh, Not Casey. The game. I was just, give me, and when you beat the game, you unlock Casey Jones. Oh my god, uh, okay. Now, now April, Splinter, and Casey Jones uh, were not playable in those old games. Uh, they just, just just weren't. They've been playable in subsequent Ninja Turtles games, but not in the uh, traditional beat-em-up sense, uh, retro sense. So it's cool to see those characters here. Uh, I haven't played as Casey yet, I just unlocked them. Uh, I was primarily playing as Raph and uh, Leonardo as my wife took Donatello in April, which would have been my other two choices. So Michelangelo is sitting there unleveled. Uh, basically, all the char- characters have the same. It's like Smash Brothers, where everybody has the same control scheme, uh, but some of the nuances of your range and what attack comes out and what it looks like and, and what it can do is different between the turtles. You quote unquote level up 
via points, just playing as the turtle, you will gain HP bars, special bars, uh, new abilities, uh, and attacks and power-ups and stuff like that. And by the time you beat the, the story mode of the game, you'll have pretty much reached the end of those upgrades. Uh, and then you can take it into arcade mode, you can do story mode on harder difficulties. I don't know what the plans are for DLC for this game. Obviously, it's from the same people that made the Streets of Rage 4 game, which was also a fucking success. Uh, so I would expect them to monetize... Down the line, you can add more playable characters. Add Shredder as a playable character. Just, just fuck me up. Let's do it. Uh, pretty, pretty true to the uh, to the cartoon experience here. They're pulling some pretty deep cuts uh, for enemies and stuff throughout here as well. All recognizable. If you like the damn Ninja Turtles, and there's a lot of people who do, Ninja Turtles is a very strong IP going in 2022 here. Now owned by Nickelodeon. Uh, check this game out. Uh, it's great. It's free on Game Pass. I think it's on PC Game Pass as well, Reed, so you could be playing it right now. Otherwise, it's on Switch and PlayStation as well. Uh, there's a physical version coming out distributed by Limited Run Games in North America or specifically the United States. Uh, and they added a Pizza Hut free pan pizza coupon in there, uh, which was a thing they did in the NES uh, arcade uh, Turtles game. You got a, a voucher for a free pizza in there. And let me tell you, when you watch these 16-bit turtles eating pizza, eventually you're going to want some. Uh, it's, uh, it's very good. It's very, it's, it's, the music is excellent. The presentation of the game, uh, Soup to Nuts is great. Obviously, if you're going to pay outright for this game, it's only going to be around like 20, 25 bucks. Uh, fantastic value. A little bit of replay, uh, value with the different difficulties and the challenges and the levels. Uh, but thoroughly a love letter to, to those beat-em-up games. A genre that, as me and Reed discussed earlier, uh, had passed you by uh, just because you missed that 16-bit era, uh, the peak of it, where doing an, a, a licensed IP game, a beat-em-up was one of your choices. And honestly, there are excellent beat-em-ups uh, in the Marvel universe. Like, there's tons of good Spider-Man ones, Avengers ones, uh, Ninja Turtles, and of course, your final fights and your Streets of Rages, and uh, it, it goes on and on. It's still a genre that's represented today. There's still lots of beat-em-ups coming up, but... Uh, this, this game does something with the controls where in the original game, there was a little bit of confusion as to how to do certain things, such as doing a grab and throwing a character towards the screen mode seven style. Uh, this game contextualizes all that and basically just makes it a easier, not easier to understand because it's, it's not hard to understand. Tap the button to beat man up. Uh, but it, it does uh, it does a little bit, just that little bit that goes a long way to really contextualize the controls for you and make you feel like you have more control of your turtle or human or rat. Uh, so TMNT, Shredder's Revenge, big recommend for me. That's that's a game of the year contender. That's a top five for sure. Well, it's a high, it's a high recommendation. It's it's excellent. If you like this kind of game, this is they made this for you. Like it's it, when it comes to certain genre games like that it's just like you like jrpgs well fucking play this uh this is for that for beat-em-ups it's uh it's really good really well done uh these guys should be making this kind of game forever i was saying the other day that i don't know why you know disney doesn't do more they don't have to make a square enix triple a 500 million dollar uh cosmetic driven like 3D beat 'em up adventure game. They can make something simple like that. This sell it for twenty dollars, sell a, a bazillion copies of it, and have a fun fan experience where you can just play as Captain America, smash the buttons, and beat the shit out of Chitari or whatever you're doing. So, uh, I think there's untapped potential in this genre right now in 2022, uh, just for how simple it is and how good of a like you know when you play Spider-Man like Marvel Spider-Man, you're like oh. 
as far as a Spider-Man simulator, like if I'm into Spider-Man and I want to be Spider-Man, this this scratches that itch. I think beat 'em ups come really close to that in a very simple way of here's your here's your turtle you like. Uh, push the button, swing their weapons around, kill ninjas. What more could you ask for? And truly, what more could you ask for? Uh, other than that, that's all I've really been playing. There's been a few other things I've downloaded on the uh, periphery. I was trying to play some Sniper Elite 5 the other day and do some invasions, but I was having a real tough time uh, with some matchmaking and stuff in that. I don't know if you've revisited it at all. but No, not at all. It, uh, it, it, when you do load into someone's game, playing as an invader is super fun in yeah. that game. Because uh, they have no idea where you are. Uh, and then you see them like alerting guards and stuff like that, and you're not rushing into it. You're just waiting for them to make a mistake and come like pop their head out of a window or something like that. It's fucking great. Reed, are we gonna tackle this metric ton of news? Yeah, I let's do it. I'm down. You want to do it in chronological order or reverse chronological order? Uh, let's tackle the Final Fantasy VII stuff first. How about that? So in fact, reverse chronological order. Yeah. Uh, I have something to read here for you. Uh, so this took place on Thursday night. I believe it was. Yes. <clears throat> Evening. I can't wait to share the intention behind naming the first title Remake and the second title Rebirth. In time, I hope to reveal what the third title will be called and where this journey will ultimately lead. Revengeance. The development of... Yeah, exactly. The development of Final Fantasy VII Rebirth uh, has been progressing rapidly since we adopted a new development structure. A title of the scale in which everything is interconnected even before production began is truly rare. In fact, some development has already begun on the third title. I myself have started on the development and I'm working towards the completion of the series. We uh, will work to deliver this title to fans and the, uh, with the same amount of enthusiasm from now until we reach the finish line. In the meantime, please enjoy the other 25th anniversary projects that uh, further expand the world of Final Fantasy VII. Uh, Tetsuya Nomura, creative director of Final Fantasy VII Remake, Rebirth, and Revengeance. Uh, so they held a quick 10-minute thing. Uh, Final Fantasy VII is turning 25. Whoop de doo <laughs> So uh, they revealed a... Uh, there was a couple mobile games. There was uh, The First Soldier, uh, which looks like... Uh, oh, you, you, don't, you don't know The First Soldier? I don't know the first soldier. Uh, um, so it's already out. Like it's already been out. Is it? Any oh, good? okay. No, you're talking about. Um, are you talking about like the Fortnite clone? Sure. Yeah, that's what it looked like. Yes. Yes, that's what it is. It's just a Fortnite clone. Okay. Fair. Yeah. Uh, and then they also are remastering Final Fantasy VII, like they did with eight, and making everybody less rectangular. Uh, and then putting that out on mobile as well. I don't know if th that plans to come to consoles. No, and that's PC? that's not so much like a Final Fantasy VII remake because it blends in a bunch of Crisis Core stuff too. It's like a it's like a briefer summarized version of the game that has like you know the big hallmark moments. Oh, so Final Fantasy VII remake? <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, look at the simplified battle system and all that. Cool. Yeah. And then also, Crisis Core, Final Fantasy VII Reunion. Uh, they are taking the PSP game and they are remastering it. It looks quite different. Uh, and they're going to put that out as well. Uh, that is a chapter that takes place before Final Fantasy VII. Uh, if you want to tell me it takes place before Final Fantasy VII Remake instead, I'll be okay with that. Uh, yeah, a so lot of people speculate that at the end of the game, like, there'll be two endings where Cloud can live or die to, like, you know, kind of blend in with the end of 
uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake and also Intergrade because there's there's a couple cutscenes in Intergrade that allude to the Zack universe that people are calling it. Shut up. Yeah, I fu- and this is the shit I hate <laughs> and that I was trying to tell people at work. I'm like, I fucking hate now that like we have two separate universes and the whole purpose of the first Final Fantasy VII Remake game was just to create this separate universe where Zack can live so he can create fucking spin-off games. Yes. Uh, also, um... Yeah, you also you skipped a so, game. What game did I skip? The Final Fantasy VII mobile game that's about uh, the Turks. I forget what it's called. Oh, I don't, I don't even remember that. Uh, but it's like, it's like 2D art sort of thing. Um, I forget what it's called, but it's mainly about the Turks and Shinra. This is a prequel to um, Crisis Core, even. Uh, so they're bringing that out onto actual consoles and PC or mobile again, I think, or they're re-releasing it or something like that. But that's also coming out, so check that out. No. <laughs> Straight up. I won't. I won't play a Final Fantasy VII mobile game. Sorry. Uh, so, Crisis Core deals a lot with Sephiroth and Genesis and Angeal and all these characters, these other soldier characters, uh, and then basically goes on to spoil the twist of Final Fantasy VII uh, in regards to the Cloud and Zack relationship. Well, so, spoiled, like, big fucking air quotes No, no, there. but <laughs> here's my point with all this Final Fantasy VII shit, is calling something something, like, we've talked about this at length on a uh, separate podcast you can go listen to, Called the Final Fantasy VII Prediction Podcast. Uh, oh, but it's like our best episode too. <laughs> it's the best. It's the best one. Uh, but w- when you think about Final Fantasy VII, you think about a remake. You think about people coming. This game was released in 1997. There's a lot of people coming to this game, playing it for the first time via this remake or its re-releases, and they're not. And I don't care that they're not. Like I'm not going to be like, oh, but you you should have played the original because it's so much better. That's not what I'm talking about anymore. What I'm talking about is the lengths they will go to to ruin any surprise or the interesting parts of Final Fantasy VII. And I'm specifically talking about the Cloud Zack thing. I'm talking about Sephiroth himself. The fact yeah. that you don't get the reveal of him as a villain. In, in fact, he's just there from our one taunting Cloud with right. ghosts. And, uh, and I think when we talked about that on in the initial podcast, I didn't see that as a negative so much as on the side of it's going to spoil it for new players. Uh, because I, I think I think Final Fantasy VII for people looking to play JRPGs is kind of like the Darth Vader thing. Everybody knows Darth Vader's Luke's dad. Um but I, I do absolutely agree that just, like, the actual... Like, the reveal of Sephiroth in the original game is fucking awesome. And in the remake, it's... It's... It's pooey. Um, so I do agree with you for, for Crisis Core. That, like, they're they're showing their hand too early, assuming everybody has played it. When there are some surprises to show in there. Uh, but Crisis Core uh, inherently is about Zack and Cloud and and Niflheim and all this stuff. So you can't play Crisis Core without spoiling that stuff. So it that's a harder point to nail down on Crisis Core, in my opinion. Right, but we played Crisis Core 10 years after Final Fantasy VII came out. Now people are going to be playing Crisis Core 10 months before the next Final Fantasy remake comes oh, out. Oh, okay, I see what you're getting at. So people are going to see yeah. the Niflheim incident in Crisis Core before we actually even see it in the flashback in Remake Imagine Part 2. Imagine watching Star Wars Obi-Wan before watching Star Wars Episode 4. 
Yeah. So That's yeah, what I'm and, at. and it's going to be even further confusing now that I think about it for new players because they're going to play Crisis Court and they're going to see themselves playing as Zach and they run into Cloud and they're at the reactor and they save Tifa and they fight Sephiroth, right? Then they're yeah. going to play Remake Part 2 and it's going to open with them playing as Cloud at the reactor, saving Tifa, fighting Sephiroth, and they're going to be like, what the fuck is happening? Why am I, why am I doing all of the exact same shit but as Cloud now? That's a, I like to call that Kingdom Hearts booking. Yeah, yes. uh, Only Kingdom Kingdom Hearts was, like, in terms of that, was shit from Go. Whereas Final Fantasy VII has this game Solid that they're structure. constantly... yeah. Yes, that has, that has really clear, defined lines uh, and story structure and characters that they are now just randomly picking. It's Star Wars. They're randomly picking elements of... Some that they've already, like, the Crisis Core thing is interesting, because Crisis Core was that prequel thing of, we know about this, we see it in flashbacks, we we see a lot of it in the original Final Fantasy VII, uh, but then you get to actually play and, you know, stand at the wall of, of Midgar and die as but, yeah, but it doesn't Cloud. Yeah, and it doesn't change uh, anything, though. Like, it doesn't... Yeah. Yeah. So... This is the shit I fucking hate about these games, and we talked about Blinked on the Prediction Podcast, but yes. what I was hoping and what I was praying for when they got to the next remake game was Whispers Are Dead. Now, if they want to change things about the plot line, they don't need to make a big show of it. They can just change things, and then like no, they don't instead- have to... It, the the whispers and the changes are going to become the actual focal point of the series. Yeah, yeah. It look it sounds like to me instead that even if the whispers don't reappear, which they might not, now we have this alternate universe with Zach, and people think Zach's gonna like, could, because at the at the end of Intergrade K Lee, at the end of okay. the Intergrade DLC, <laughs> Zach like lives right because like he saves he saves Cloud K. They they do an extended version. They Wait, do it. They Zach get, saves Cloud at the end of the Integrate DLC. No, at the end of the Integrate DLC, they go to that Zach, Zach universe. Okay, that cutscene at the end of. What are you talking about? <laughs> I listen to me. They just at, go there. They just show up in they, Zach. They, no, they pan to it. How about that? Like okay, yeah, sure. I'll they're like that. they're like. Meanwhile, at the Zach universe, it's a it's an oh, ex, it's an extension of the cutscene from the remake where Zach lives. Okay, of the main okay. game. So anyway. Zach saves Cloud, and then he's like, I just got to go, like, see my girl. So he goes to the church, like, Aerith's church. He walks in, and there's a bunch of people crowded about and crying. And Zach's like, what's the big idea? And everybody's like, Aerith's <laughs> fucking dead. <laughs> this happens in Intergrade? Yes. <laughs> oh, so we're already... Why we're, haven't I heard of this? We we're ju- already out to lunch. Yeah, we, we've jumped the shark several times now. And I Okay, I haven't finished Integrate. This is just what someone at work has told me. But they okay. they played the DLC. Take it with a green assault then. They, we, played, uh... they played the DLC. I have to assume what they're telling me is the truth. So a lot of people <laughs> apparently... Why would they lie? <laughs> yeah, like why would they lie about that, honestly? So a lot of people at, at, uh, a lot of people at work are speculating that like... Zach is going to be, like, super depressed that Aerith is dead and somehow find a way to show up in, like, the remake universe with Cloud so he can hit on Aerith. And then... Wait, but if Zach's alive, he's just dressed in his soldier outfit and not at all participating in the Shinra Avalanche Sephiroth storyline. Because he's that, just sh- a dude, that, a that shit hasn't happened yet in his, in his universe. That's, that's... Then why is Aerith dead? 
no one knows. It just, he walks in the church and she's dead in his universe. Probably because the whispers are like, oh, if, if you live, that means she dies or some shit. So, who knows? Like, you're answering questions no one has answers to. Um, so a lot of people speculate that, like I said, uh, Zach is going to, in that universe, is going to find some way to show up in, like, the remake game universe because there's an Aerith there. Isn't this what happens in Final Fantasy X too? No. <laughs> Doesn't no. Yuna, like, go find some alternate universe no, Titus? No, that's just ha- happens to be a... So, <laughs> okay, we're going to do some deep Final Fantasy lore here today. Give me the Final Fantasy yeah, X2 10 lore. 2, what, what happens in that, basically, is, um, like, Titus and all the people from Dreams Anarchy, you know how they're all just basically yep. one big summon? Yep. They're based gotcha. off real life people that actually did live in Xanarkand. Sure. So there's so a Titus... du- Yeah, so the dude yeah. that Yuna like revives is just a dude that Titus was based off of appearance-wise, but like personality and shit was not really the same person. Sure. That's it. Like it wasn't like it wasn't alternate universes. There's no fucking time travel in Final Fantasy X or Ten Two, despite the fact that they keep saying like a thousand years in the past. There's actually no time travel at all. It's a very simple story in Final Fantasy X once you break it down. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's just it's just Final Fantasy VII remake. They're like we're gonna have like two universes and like we don't know how they're interacting yet. And I I don't like any of it. I like how Seven is. I like how Seven is a simple story that they keep adding backstory to, but it doesn't change anything as far as what your actual goal is and once you have all the details you can make a very clear okay this happened then this happened then this happened then this happened okay that's the story i understand it great uh, i feel uh, like so here's a here's a line from uh namora final fantasy 7 rebirth uh which will be the second part of the remake trilogy uh is being designed so that people can enjoy this game whether they know the original game or not in fact, new players might even enjoy starting their Final Fantasy VII journey with Rebirth. That's fucking fuck? stupid! What? <laughs> Cloud Don't and his you... friends embark on a new journey in this game, and I believe that the scenes that they witness after leaving Midgar will give players a fresh new experience. But, like, wouldn't you want to know, like, where the fuck these characters came from and what the fuck they're talking about when they're talking about Midgar and Sephiroth and Jesse and Avalanche? Like, <laughs> uh, No. I don't. I just show me the characters I know, and I'll clap, and uh, that'll be that. But be that. that's the that'll thing, Lee. Like, like they could have just gone the I clapped route and just remade the fucking game. That's and all anybody wanted. That's all <laughs> that's anybody, all anybody wanted. like. Like, I don't like it when Star Wars does it. That's all I wanted from the Final Fantasy VII remake was give me this awesome new battle system that I can sink my teeth into. But give me the, uh, besides that, the same fucking game because it was really good and all your other games of late have been shit. No, yeah, it'll, it, the idea, it's, the, it's the remake idea of we can make it better. And it's just like, no, no, you can't. The, best you, you, the most you're going to do is break even if you just do a shot-for-shot remake, which is all anybody's really expecting you to do. Anything you change will be horribly scrutinized yeah. and you didn't just decide to change things you decided to look into the camera and say hey you know this look at the things we're changing without any regard uh for how much that cheapens the experience and like so people re- regard this game as one of the greatest games of all time sure fair i'll let i'll, I'll hear you out 
uh, on Final Fantasy VII for the PlayStation 1 being one of the greatest games of all time, but what then break it down for me, circle that, come back to it later, what... <laughs> Uh, what about it makes it the greatest game of all time, and then hear you gush about it, and then have then basically be like, okay, so when they started out to do the remake, why did they disregard all of those things? Uh, yeah, there's so many things to like about remake, but what their their manipulation of the story is not fucking one of them, right? Like we uh, like we've said before, it, like we're not opposed to changing the Final Fantasy VII story or anything like that. No, because you can do cool shit with it, yeah, but they're just but, not. <laughs> but, but deciding to go a route of Whispers controlling fate, of fighting at the end of time, of, of an alternate universe where Zack lives and Aerith dies early and, like, multiverses and, like, like this meta commentary of fan expectations, it's just, it doesn't fit with the game it takes you out of the experience if you're going to make changes make them sensible make them align with the general outline of the first game and don't explain them just fucking do them just do it yeah kill barrett in shinra tower but don't tell me that it's yeah, different open the game different with than tifa what? What in if the never party played Final Fantasy 7? yeah Open the game with Tifa in the uh, party, and that immediately sets the tone that this is a different, slightly different story that you're going to see. Boom. No. Can't. Anyway, uh, so Final Fantasy Crisis Core is coming out this year, holiday season. Uh, I've played the shit out of that game on PSP. I, I don't believe I will revisit it. Uh, it plays almost exactly like Kingdom Hearts. I don't know if they're improving the battle system at all, but it's going to be pretty bare bones in terms of what you're used to from recent titles. Uh, and and that that being said, plays like Kingdom Hearts that was acceptable in the PS2 PSP era. Uh, it's less acceptable in the Kingdom Hearts three era, where it's just like, wow, they did nothing. Uh, and and the the fucking storytelling in Kingdom Hearts, dude, I just see it seeping into Kingdom Hearts. The way the the I don't even know what to call it. We almost need to come up with a term for like that Nomura style. Like, super uh, out there, like, wild concepts that have no place like, being there. But never good. It's never good. It's yeah. never, like, you thought up of this cool concept and it's, like, a legitimate twist. It, it It's never good. It's always worse. It's like, it's it's like the M. Just... Night Shyamalan kind of route of storytelling. Well, you know why it's the the way kingdom hearts works is like everybody is like there's there's one character that is technically three people like everybody gets split yeah and has like a heartless version of themselves etc etc the twist you can never see coming because it's too stupid that's actually what it is it's just like i well i can honestly say i didn't see this coming but it's not because it's a thoughtful twist it's because it's so stupid I wouldn't have considered that you would want to fucking bastardize your story yeah, I, by by doing this. I couldn't. I, uh, I I could tell you that I never thought we'd be fighting uh, the controller of destiny at the end of time with Red Thirteen, but uh, here we are. And stupid. Here are. Yeah, here you are. Now there's two Sephiroths, and there's multiple universes of Final Fantasy VII. One where Zack lives. Who the fuck is Zack? Yeah, and I've never per- played Final Fantasy VII before. And I'm still pretty sure, like, because in the trailer it said, "What is Sephiroth's plan?" Which I'm like, I, God damn it! It is Advent Children Sephiroth, this motherfucker. <laughs> he's gonna drop that. He's gonna drop that meteor or not? I don't. I don't. He wants to kiss. I Cloud. don't know anymore. That's his goal. Yeah, I want to. Cloud is his bishi, and he's gonna kiss. Him. I want to bury uh, myself that... in your bussy, Cloud. <laughs> <laughs> it's so tight. Uh, the 
that's enough of Final Fantasy VII. Uh, so I think overall, pretty disappointing first look at where that is going. Uh, it, it doesn't inspire it, confidence for us, is what we'll say. No. Uh, the gameplay can still be solid and, and be the same, uh, and that'll probably carry us through that game. Like, we're both going to play that game. There's no... no yeah. You got, we gotta... We have to experience it. Uh, but, man, uh, did that first game leave such a sour taste uh, with what with what they did to it. And, I, I, like, I'm not, like, a Final Fantasy VII purist, but I, I do, in any medium, uh, be it movie, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, if you're going to remake it, and you're going to change it just so it's yours now, and think that that makes it better. So, wouldn't the idea be, if you're going to finally go back and remake Final Fantasy VII, that you'd <laughs> want to... Make it at least as good as the original one, not intentionally change it, and maybe it's better, maybe it's not. I don't know. I don't know. Like, like I said, if, about, I, like, yeah. if I was going to go remake Final Fantasy VII, the choices I would make would be very subtle and small. It would, it would be, yes. like, it'd be like party members in certain situations would be changed. Um, like the timing of certain key moments would be changed. Sephiroth's plan would be ever so slightly changed. That's about it. Well, you're using today's technology, so you can reimagine certain parts of the game differently. And the remake and remake did this for the most part in the Midgar stuff. Uh, like you have so much more to work with in terms of production, you can have Cloud do a giant dance number, yeah, uh, and stuff like that. That stuff's fine. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here telling you that the thing that ruins Final Fantasy VII remake is not Cloud dressing in drag and doing a giant dance number. That's excellent, uh, and that should be in every Final Fantasy game from here on out. Uh, the Man, can't believe it. Can't believe it. I had a thought, and I'm just going to let it float away as we right. talk about the rest of the news here. Uh, wh- where do we go next? The original Pokemon Snap is coming to Nintendo Switch Online. I can beat that game in 40 minutes, uh, <laughs> and I intend to. That game's so good. Uh, Capcom held an event. Uh, they talked a lot about Resident Evil. Uh, Resident Evil Village is getting a DLC starring Rose Winters that will be played in third person. They're also adding a third person mode to the whole game. Uh, yeah, that was very surprising that they're doing a yeah. DLC for Rose. A lot of people speculated that was going to be Resident Evil 9, was that you play as a supernatural kind of hero. Uh, they did a 7 DLC where you were Chris, right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. So, yeah. keeping with it. Uh, Mer- Mercenaries is getting more content in that game as well. Uh, so, if you, Lady D can step on you all over again. Uh, in addition to that, they announced, of course, as we talked about earlier in the show, 2, 3, and 7 uh, we're getting updates for the PS5, Xbox Series X. Uh, so if you already have those games on those previous consoles, it is a free upgrade. That's cool. Good for you, Capcom. Uh, in, in a world where we're re-releasing Last of Us Part 1. Uh, did we even talk about Summer Game Fest? Did that happen? Yes, we talked about the PS4. Uh, Sony stuff, sorry. Okay, good. The PS4 stuff. PS4 Being stuff. Not Last yeah. of Us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you think they're going to change things? In part no, I think it's literally just give you the exact same game. Be a Splinter Universe, uh, where uh, anyway, that's enough of that. Uh, Capcom yeah, also announced it, that they ghosts would... come out and Bill lives or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, Capcom also announced that there would be a Dragon's Dogma announcement, the most tortured fan base next to the Silent Hill people. Uh, Dragon's Dogma came out ten years ago. It's a cult classic. There was an MMO that launched in Japan only. Uh, Capcom has officially announced they will make a sequel to Dragon's Dogma called Dragon's Dogma Two. Believe it or not, uh, and it's going to be based on the RE engine, which is great news because that engine is noise. Uh, and that game will be uh, will be coming. Looking forward to it. Dragon's Dogma is a great game. Yeah, it won't uh, be the only really thing cool. coming. Yeah, that's right. 
Uh, yeah, anyone who's a Dragon's Dogma fan that heard this news was absolutely over the moon about it. Uh, that's a game that deserves a sequel. That's a game that deserves a second try to fix the the criticisms about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got like, like ten, I got like ten hours or so on console. Um, I actually just yeah. bought it for PC because it's like five bucks on Steam right now. You can you can see the appeal, the creature designs, yes. and the uh, the character building is is very yeah. Cool. Like I like how it uh, plays. Like it's 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 a fun game. I like the concept of having yeah. your own special pawn, stuff like that. Oh, it's cool. Of, yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's talk. What's next? Uh, Sony's new PlayStation Plus service is live in North America. Uh, it tells you something if I haven't touched this at all. Uh, basically, the premium service is there. It's their version of quote-unquote Game Pass. Uh, you get some games to play, download. Uh, you can stream PS3 games and some older stuff on there. This also opens the door for more PS Classics to be added to the library. And uh, cool. If you want to play Tekken 2 for the PS1 on your PlayStation 5, now you have an option. Good for you. Uh, let's talk about the Xbox and Bethesda Games Showcase. Woo! Let's talk about specifically the the major hitters here. Hollow Knight's sequel, Silk's uh, Song, gets a new gameplay trailer. It's still no release date for that game. Uh, we were recording our finale of uh, Halo 3 ODST, which you can view now on the Bonestorm Doors YouTube channel. Thank you. It's blowing up the charts. Uh, yeah. Go go look at uh, our Ooh. Halo 3 ODST playthrough. This Xbox thing was going down while uh, we were recording, so I was kind of half-acidly uh, tossing you. Uh, updates, including the reveal of, read, Starfield, uh, Bethesda's first original game in 25 years. That's not a Elder Scrolls or Fallout game. Uh, Starfield yeah, will original. space. <laughs> yeah, original space. Uh, and then, uh, so, what do we know about Starfield? It takes place in the future of Earth. Uh, it's more of a junk-y nasa based future so not really slick spaceships like you might see in a star trek more of the junker style not star wars per se but they more i'm gonna say the word realistic and take that with take that in the way yeah big grain salt uh yeah uh you can travel between many star systems they're they're saying there's 1000 planets to explore explore in this game uh the dialogue will be done in first person the protagonist is silent you get to build your own ship you get to maintain your own base uh, you get to go on space adventures. There are four major cities on different planets. There is an overarching plot that I'm just going to guess involves some kind of ancient alien society and a mystery you're unraveling about them. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put that out there. I'm sure it won't be anything like that. We've never seen that before in a space game. Uh, but they showed mostly just gameplay in terms of moment to moment walking around, shooting, mining for things in caves, and that shooting looks like fucking Fallout Four uh, yep. verbatim. Uh, in a spacesuit. Reed, what is there to say about Starfield? There, like, and that's exactly what I was about to get into. My, what all I'm gonna say about this game is gonna be short and sweet and to the point. It looks like a Bethesda game, uh, which is not a negative or a positive. It's it it confirms to me that I'm probably going to enjoy this game and buy it and play it. But other than that, I did I didn't see anything remarkable that was blowing me away that I haven't seen in past bethesda games it looks like a game where it is that classic loot combat uh exploration cycle um i like the concept of customizing my ship and my base and stuff like that they've confirmed that there's not going to be seamless transitions between planets but there is going to be space combat which i think has room to be uh you know fun if it's not just a gimmick but besides that, we just don't know enough about the game. And then what we do know just looks like a standard Bethesda fair kind of situation. So that's that's what I have to say about Starfield. 
Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to play the shit out of it. Uh, but, but that's not to say that people can't be disappointed uh, in such a long period of time passing between Bethesda's uh, entries in being Fallout 4 and then this, uh, with 76 kind of being a sour fucking load of piss in everybody's mouth in between, uh, that there wouldn't have been more of a leap forward. Uh, is it the same engine? Xbox exclusive. It's got to be the Gamebryo engine, but probably yeah. like Gamebryo 5 or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that That's all fine. Like, these games are fine. People spend hundreds of hours in these games. That doesn't mean... Like, there, there doesn't seem to be a gimmick here other than the building stuff, like building the ship, building the base, which is something that they introduced in Fallout 4 and elaborated on in Fallout 76. Uh, that's intriguing enough. The idea of, like, making a ship and laying it out is super cool and maybe is the most unique thing uh, that they showed about Starfield so far. Obviously, the story can be gripping. I doubt it. Uh, the side content in Bethesda main series games is usually really solid. The main story, varying results. Um, but if you're going to tell me I, you have a bunch of quests uh, and side quests and stuff in there that involve me traveling into deep space and finding creepy space horror stuff in my ship I built, guess what? I'm fine with this. I'm fine with everything regarding Starfield. Uh, Todd Howard, uh, known leather jacket enthusiast, uh, said that after the next Elder Scrolls game, being Elder Scrolls Six. Fallout 5 is coming. Uh, so we, we can look forward to our children and our children's children uh, playing Bethesda games for years to come. Uh, realistically, what happens with Starfield is it comes out, they do a DLC run for it, and then like then they start for real on Elder Scrolls. So we're looking at 2027 for Elder Scrolls 6. Like, what is the timeline of this? And then I'm Fallout 5 is, away. what, 2032? What the fuck? Uh throwing all these made-up years. Uh, it's hard to say what happens to Elder Scrolls Online and uh, Fallout 76 in the interim. Uh, people keep rumoring that Obsidian's being tapped to to make a, like, a holdover Fallout game. Uh, that between Starfield and Elder Scrolls, or between Elder Scrolls... Yeah, that would be the time to do it. Uh, you release a spin-off. You release a, fall, like a Fallout New Vegas 2 or something like that. Um, could be fine. But they're also doing, apparently, Outer Worlds 2, and they're doing that Avowed game. Like, Obsidian is busy as fuck, and I, I don't believe they're that huge of a team. Uh, so, who knows? The, the other thing is, like, uh, if Outer Worlds 2 hits correctly, or, like, Avowed is is a good Elder Scrolls spinoff, do we need a New Vegas 2? Would you prefer something just be Fallout New Vegas because you like Fallout New Vegas? Or are you willing to try a new IP made it, it, by the same people that's as good, right? It would absolutely depend on the people working on new vegas i would think like if it's still the same team i would say fucking go for it because i know they can create good shit um but i usually like new ips more than anything so we'll see i guess we'll see all right uh what else is there to say about bethesda nothing uh persona series is coming to xbox persona 3 4 and 5 and pc be coming to game pass yeah ps5 and pc as well no announcement of switch just yet and this will be the Persona 3 Portable, uh, 4 Golden, and 5 Royale uh, will be the, the versions coming out. Starting with 5, uh, as as you do, uh, will be coming to Game Pass later this year. So check that out. Great yeah. games. Yep. Uh, good to see them going multi-plat. Obviously, people are like, well, why not Switch? It's like, yeah, you can do Switch. Do it later. Uh, a be a lot of version. people. Uh, there's a lot of evidence pointing towards that's going to be announced pretty soon. But yeah. 
that because that's the Gangbusters version, right? Xbox gets announced first, but ultimately is the least attractive version of, <laughs> other than yeah. it being free, right? Yeah. Uh, God of War Ragnarok in the news this week. Uh, Sony presumably still has something to say about it in the short term future, uh, but right now it's being argued between Bloomberg. <laughs> And others, whether this game is coming out this year or not, some people say it's coming out in November, other people say it's going to be pushed into 2023 very shortly. If you are going to delay this game out of this year, now's the time to do it. You don't want yeah. to wait until closer to Q4 uh, and push it, so we'll see. And also, by the way, when games get delayed, that's okay. There's so many fucking games. I like I, I can't think of a game where I have been legitimately disappointed by a delay. Obviously, you live and die with that shit back in the day. Uh, for any number of reasons, if a game that you're really looking forward to, it's the only thing you're looking forward to, misses its release date by a few months, that can be crushing on a... I'm going to be... I'm going to be lenient here and say, if you are a depressed individual, or you're someone who uh, doesn't have a lot of extroverted things on the calendar, I understand video game delays are a big deal. Because uh, at one point in my life, they were a big deal too. But let's let games like God of War Ragnarok take the time they need uh, because right now is the speculation period. We will never be in this period again. Once that game is out and we've played it, we know everything about it. We know where the story goes. There are no more mysteries. Allow this time be the time where you know that game is just cooking and getting better every day, right? That's yeah. my little speech, my TED Talk on game delays. Reed, I think it's time to wrap it up. Yeah, sounds good. That, I think that we we, co had, we covered a lot. I think that was a solid, solid epi. We're we're so passionate about Final Fantasy VII, not because we need it to be good, but we're so baffled uh, by how you could take something and fumble it. Like yeah, you're, you're, like you're, you're given a slam yeah. fucking dunk, and you absolutely like biff yeah. it. You're born on third base. All you need to do is show us these characters uh, with better graphics doing yeah. the things they did in the original game, and you're like, I'm going to. I'm going to do something so bold uh, <laughs> with, with this shit. It's, the, it's just the enemy unbelievable. The enemy team has pulled their goalie. You're going down. The, the defenseman's 10 feet away from you, and you decide to try to dangle it through your legs, and it gets fucking lost, and you lose it, and you lose the game because of it. Yeah. Yep. But you get to come back and play again at least twice. Yeah. Unreal. Uh, un. Real. Anyway, uh, at Iceberg Podcast is us on Twitter. LeahSysCaseBird.com is my email address. Send us questions, topics, anything you find interesting. If we find interesting, we might include it in the show. Read streams on Ray Ray Oren. Uh, that's R-E-I-R-E-I. -R -E -I, that's right. Like yeah. 10. On Twitch, uh, go check him out. He's playing all kinds of stuff. Probably, are you streaming some Pokemon or uh, you don't have the Elgato for that anymore? No, just streaming, uh, just streaming Resident <laughs> Evil right now, pretty much. So go get some spooks uh, with Resident Evil. Go check out YouTube, Bonestorm Doors, for me and Reed's playthrough of Halo and all uh, the other content Reed has up there. You can watch him do a long play of Divinity Original Sin 2. Uh, just riveting content, I'm sure. Uh, do you <laughs> break the law in that game? <laughs> like, at the end of every act, I, like, slaughter every living thing for uh, as much experience as I can. Wow. We call that min-maxing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> video games. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so, as always, have a great summer week. We'll be back again to talk about some video games. I'm going to really work hard on Yakuza 4 uh, and some other things here and hopefully get that wrapped up. Uh, in a, we're, we're barreling towards our Like a Dragon feature. That, that game will be getting its sequel, and we'll be playing the first game. And you know what? That's okay, too. For myself, Lee, and for Reed, thanks for signing up. Enjoy your week. We'll talk to you again shortly.
It was supposed to be an easy grab. But it ain't no easy grab. They got tea.